Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome into College Basketball Recruiting Weekly. I'm Adam Finkelstein. He's Travis Branham. He's Eric Bossy, And we are here to break down a very busy week of hoops during uh, Thanksgiving. So if you're watching college basketball, it was known as Feast Week. If you're watching high school basketball, uh, you saw some of the best early season events of the season. We're going to start with Feast Week, and that's a lot of the MTEs, meaning multiple team events from all across the country, literally from Maui, all the way, I should say, uh, to the Bahamas outside the country for the battle for Atlantis. Uh, I wrote something on Monday about the NBA prospects that stepped up. And guys, I want to get your take on this because I want to start with Isaiah Collier. He did not have like the best week, but I think six games in, he has solidified himself or lived up to his billing as maybe the best incoming college freshman. Uh, Bossy, how do you feel about that take? Yeah, I don't disagree with that. You know, each year I do the freshman tracker, which will be debuting here in a couple of weeks. And right. if we were to do that today, Isaiah Collier would certainly be up at the top. Um, he's been everything that he was advertised. He's strong. He's really tough to keep out of the lane. He gets other guys involved. And he can also get his own offense. I know we're all going to talk about some of the turnover issues he has, but, you know, that's to be expected. And, and frankly, I like a guy who I'd like to tone down a little bit than a guy that I have to beg to be aggressive. But he's been everything – advertised and then some in my opinion yeah he, here's my take on the turnovers and trav i, I want to get your uh impression of this i am more excited about the shooting than i am concerned about the turnovers i mean if you had told me that he was going to shoot over 40 percent from the three-point line and granted he's being selective with his looks but he's knocking down open shots and he's making his free throws if you had told me he was going to shoot that percentage uh, and we'll see if it's sustainable. I would have thought long and hard about keeping him at number one. I think the turnovers aren't necessarily a huge surprise because he's always played with this, this pace and freedom. But as I said, I am more excited about the progression in the shooting than I am concerned about the high turnover rate so far. Trav, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with both of you. He has been definitely the best freshman so far this season. Uh, but one thing that I, I, I think about, especially with those turnovers, is is he uh, is he as good as we have seen in terms of past freshmen? So most recent being Brandon Miller last year. He came out of the gates firing. It was phenomenal. Um, so almost curious if, if uh, I don't want this to be too negative or, or come across uh, in that sort of regard. But um, comparing him to that, to me, it's – I would I would tip my cap to a guy like Brandon Miller, but he's definitely been uh, really good this season. And as you said, the shooting, he's continued to improve. I remember back when he was a sophomore, junior, he was a very below average shooter, and he's just continued to progress. And that speaks to his work ethic. If you've talked to anybody who has been around Isaiah Collier throughout the course of his career, whether it be high school or college now, everybody's always raved about the time he puts into the gym, and it's paying off. Um, so, yeah. To me, tipping the cap to him for having the best freshman year, but also the freshman as a whole, to my point, it has been pretty underwhelming. Yeah, and, and that's what we expected, right? I mean, whether we're talking about the freshman class or how it projects to the NBA draft, I think 
you know, it, it's not negative to say, you know, it is what it is. It's a little underwhelming at this point. And, and that's why, you know, I think to me, that makes it fun because we're, we're looking for new names. We're looking for guys to emerge. And, and, and that's, that's part of what makes this group fun. Um, Travis tomorrow, or I should say on Tuesday, we're recording this on Monday. You're going to be coming out with a transfer check-in. I know I'm getting that title wrong, but you're basically going to update us on some of the country's biggest transfers. I wrote about a couple of them on Monday when I talked about the guys in Feast Week. And I want to ask you about someone at Memphis that you were particularly high about a year ago. Um, can you kind of take me through his evolution? I know it didn't go quite as well as expected at St. John's, but now at Memphis, at least what we saw last week during Feast Week, it really seems like he might be turning a corner. And I think it's it could potentially translate uh, for NBA scouts. Honestly, it's it's a story about the importance of fit. First, David Jones commits to DePaul, a bit of a head scratcher, top 100 recruit. Honestly, was getting some blue blood looks at the time. Uh, obviously opted to go there. Um, then after a season transfers over to St. John's, a, a team that was on its kind of way out, the program was, was in a bit of a downfall. Um, so another head scratching move there. And then he hits the portal again, this time finding his way to Memphis, a team that fits his style, gets up and down the court uh, and, and puts points on the board. And now we're seeing exactly more of what I thought he could be a little over a year ago. I, if I were to go back into my rankings, uh, I believe Adam top 25, top 15 at the time, um, obviously had an underwhelming year with St. John's, but now we're seeing the full package and all the talent that this kid has. Uh, a big bodied wing guard that can score from all three levels, good athlete, tough, uh, just has so many tools to work with and so much talent. And, and Memphis is doing a really good job of showcasing all that for him. He shot 29% from the three-point line last year at St. John's. And I know it's only been six games, so it's similar to what we were saying about Collier. But he's at 44% through six games at Memphis. And, and what's different between what he's doing and what Collier's doing is he's doing it with a lot of volume through six, game, six games. They are encouraging him to shoot that basketball, and he's knocking it all down. Uh, from NBA standards, I'm not sure that that some of the creativity he's showing or some of the offensive freedom he's being granted. I'm not sure that translates, but a six foot six lefty who can guard the ball, got to get a little bit better off the ball. And if the shooting sustains itself, I think that should translate into some increased draft looks uh, again in a year in which people are looking for new names. I think, uh, I think he's going to get some eyeballs before it's all said and done here. Um, all right. Now I want to transition into um, we're talking about the transfers. Trav, give us a little sneak peek. I mean, who is the guy, the transfer that you are most excited about from your piece this week on 247sports.com? John, I'm most excited about is Dalton Connect, but I won't go too much into him because I think we have covered him so closely over at 247 Sports. And if you guys missed it, Isaiah Trotter did a profile on Dalton Connect that I can't recommend you guys reading uh, enough on. It, it was a phenomenal piece by our guy. So, I'm going to move down uh, a bit of a tier and and talk a little bit about a guy that I was really excited about and he showed a lot this past week during Feast Week, and that is Jamie McCollum at Oklahoma. Uh, what I was so excited about when he entered that transfer portal is how dynamic of a shot creator he was, especially out of ball screens. I don't think we're going to find many, if any, in all of college basketball, maybe a guy like Tyler Kolick 
who just really knows how to get to anywhere he wants on the floor, especially if you give him a ball screen. Uh, just uh, so dynamic with that basketball in his hands and a dynamic shot maker on top of it. Uh, and so we got a good look at what he can really become and uh, really excited about what Oklahoma has in him in the, in the I guess, six games into it, the next 24 games ahead. All right. Now, it wasn't just an exciting week in college basketball. It was obviously a big week in high school and prep school basketball. We were each at our first events of the season. I was in Connecticut, so I didn't have to go very far at the National Prep Showcase. Bossy, you were in Dallas at the Thanksgiving Hoop Fest. And Trab, you were in Atlanta at Holiday Hoops Giving. So, Bossy, I'm going to start with you in Dallas. Uh, you were there with Brandon Jenkins. Who was the player? Let's start here. Who's the committed senior who moved the needle for you the most? Josiah Mosley from uh, Stony Point right outside of Austin. He's a guy that jumped into the rankings here at the end of the summer, and we saw a lot of high majors come in with um, USC, Texas. He ultimately ends up at Villanova, right, and, and several others. And he was a guy that is kind of a 6'6", undersized, tough power forward, you know, frankly, there were some questions about was he maybe being over-recruited a little bit and things like that. But, boy, if, if what I saw over the weekend is any indication, he was not over-recruited at all, and he's currently undervalued. Um, he's still 6'6". He's probably grown to about 215 pounds. Like, he's a man. Like, he looks like a Villanova player. Those guys are burly. They're tough. They're versatile. There's nothing really, like, sexy about them in the way they do things. They get to their spots, and they play sim a simple brand, and he does that. He was awesome, though. He had 32 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. He was able to bully guys. He showed off a level of skill that I didn't know he had. And then also, you know, you knew he was a pretty athletic guy, but he's a lot more than just pretty athletic. He's an elite athlete by every stretch of the imagination. He's a guy who looks like a lock to end up at least a four-star, and I think could maybe even knock on the door of the top 50 with a strong season. All right, now, Bossy, we're going to take a trip down memory road here, uh, memory lane here. Were you sitting next to me in Vegas? It was like, I can't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday this July, but the air conditioner was broke. It was 115 degrees outside. The 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 kids were tired, suffice it to say. Um, and, and I'm watching this guy go off. And I can't remember if you were sitting next to me or if we were texting about it. And we're kind of like taking it with a grain of salt because the level of play was just, it was fatigued to be candid. And, but it seems like that was uh, not circumstantial. And that was a sign of, of things to come based on what you're seeing here. So that's obviously great news for Villanova, who looks like they were ahead of the curve in that one. So remind me, were you next to me or were you? Were yeah, no, you no, no, luckily, luckily I had gotten out of there before the air conditioning broke, but we definitely exchanged the messages. And I also, you know, I exchanged a lot of messages with, with college coaches in the area yeah. who had seen him a lot more because I saw him in April to start off the AAU season and wrote about him actually about how much I loved his effort and how productive he was as an undersized guy. But I thought he was a little bit of a tweener who was right on that upper end, mid-major, high-major um, fence. And, you know, a lot of the guys I, I, I spoke to recruit Texas really hard were like, yeah, you know, we like him, but we're not quite sure about this but you know tip of the cap the guy's improvement over the last 12 to 18 months and even if we want to really narrow it down over the last two or three months has been really really impressive and I, I just man he's just a lot of fun to watch play and I think Villanova fans and of course Kyle Neptune and his staff are really going to like having him on campus 
All right. Now I want to ask Trav about somebody that I saw last month, actually, at Border League. I thought Nas Cunningham uh, was making some some notable strides, specifically as, as a shooter. And, you know, in for context, he is a player that was at one point ranked tops overall in the class uh, in the composite. He slipped and, and didn't have quite the 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 year that we expected. But it seemed to me in October that things were starting to turn and go in a positive direction again. Trav, you got eyes on him this week in Atlanta. What were your thoughts? Yeah, he's continuing to show signs of improvement. Uh, first and foremost, his body. We talked about it after the Border League. He has very noticeably put on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. Um, and that really played into his favor here. He wasn't shooting the ball as well as he did at the Border League, but he still made shots. But what really stood out was his ability to impact the game in other areas, whether it be on defense, but particularly on the glass. And on Friday night, first game, uh, Nas Cunningham went out there for a double-double, led his team in scoring, was getting to the rim, getting out in transition, made two threes, but came away with 11 rebounds. And to me, that's a huge uh, and, and another big sign of improvement for him, just learning how to impact the game in areas when the shots and I mean obviously 17 points it's hard to say shots aren't falling but when he's not shooting five of eight from three like we saw him do in the border league he was two of eight from three instead and he just continues to find other areas to impact the game which uh, speaks to his confidence his improving feel for the game um, so he is continuing to trend in the right direction after I would say probably two years of us just waiting for signs of improvement. Um, he had hit a bit of a plateau, but since the start of this senior season, he is heading up. And this really illustrates, I think, I don't want to say danger, but but the um, at least the trepidation I have in ranking these young kids, because Nas Cunningham was never like, in my opinion, please jump in if you disagree, but was like never a polished player as an underclassman. It was just the tools that that were like glaring because he had positional size. He moved and covered the court effortlessly. You saw his touch, but there was never any part of his game that you could say, okay, that's college ready. And now it took a little longer, but we're starting to see those, those tools uh, turn into production that could potentially translate. Um, all right, both in Dallas and in uh, Atlanta, you guys both saw some of the best teams and matchups in high school basketball. Bossy, you saw this year's super team, Montverde Academy, Cooper Flag and company. Um, I mean, listen, we could go rapid fire with these guys. I think I actually know it was before. I tweeted out a pass that Cooper had made like two days before up in Utah, that left-hand bounce pass that he threw to the back cutter that I just thought was absurd. Not only that he was able to thread the needle with his left hand, but that he even saw that play uh, two seconds ahead of time in order to make that pass. So, you know, how, how was Cooper this weekend and anybody else on that Montverde team that, that, that made an impression? Wow. Montverde is a whole experience right now. Um, you know, they entered the season, the most hyped team in the country and, you know, obviously very early, but they are very deservedly the favorites to be the high school national champions this year. And I'm actually going to be doing something on how this year's team compares to past Montverde teams. You know, you speak of Cooper. It's funny. I was texting with Travis actually yesterday talking about how quiet it seemed that Cooper was. And then you look in on Saturday night against Duncanville, who's built themselves in not just a Texas power, a national power. They've won four of the last state championships in Texas. Anthony Black is in the NBA. Ron Holland was our number one player. They're a little bit younger this year, but 
after a close first half, they just demolished those guys. And it's like, oh, Cooper was quiet. And then you look at the stats and he had like 13, nine and nine. And, and it's like, and it's like, whoa, you know, on opening night against Faith Family Christian, another multiple time big class state champion and in, in, from the Dallas area, Liam McNeely comes in and hits four or five threes in the, in the first quarter, which is exactly what Indiana fans are hoping to see about. That's him, my guy, you know, Liam McNeely, you know, Liam McNeely. <laughs> that's my guy. Asa, Asa Newell headed to Georgia was awesome. You know, we've talked about how outside of flag, he may be the guy with the most upside on that Montverde team. Boy, boy, he looked like he was flying up and down the court. He was dominating on the interior. You've got Derek Queen, the best unsigned big man in the country, who, by the way, I am buying it when Derek Queen tells me that he is completely open and completely undecided. He was really, really adamant about how open he is in the process with Indiana, Maryland, Houston, and Kansas as the four finalists. And from speaking to some coaches around it, you know, I think this one might stretch out past December and, and into the early spring with the way things are going because he's really undecided. And then also one last one because these guys are loaded and I'm going to miss somebody, but Rob Wright, holy cow, headed to Baylor. Um, started off a little slow. It was actually Beckham Black, the freshman brother of Anthony Black, was kind of getting the better of him for a little bit. And Rob Wright said, not so fast, young man. You know, let me go ahead and show you how I get up and down the floor. And he was just getting to the rim at will. And then he has all those big guys that just feed on the interior. Man, like I said, they were they were just dominant. It was fun to watch them play. Um, you know, I think it was 52 to 48 at halftime of their game against Duncanville. And they ended up stretching the lead out to 30 in the third quarter. They, they had like a 35-point quarter. They're just awesome. And, and if you get a chance to see them, definitely take it. All right, Trav, the individual matchup of the week happened in Atlanta, and that was Cameron Boozer and his Columbus team against Ace Bailey and McEachran from the state of Georgia. You were there in person. We were all texting. I was admittedly at Chuck E. Cheese with my eight-year-old, um, and and the phone is the phone is blowing up because Ace Bailey's doing his thing, but Cam Boozer puts up a ridiculous line, too. What was that game like, and what were your biggest biggest takeaways? Yeah, that was one of the most fun games I've watched in some time. Now, I should say it was one of the more fun two and a half, three quarters that I've watched in a long time. Um, but Ace Bailey, I mean, man, that dude came out on an absolute mission from the tip. And if you haven't seen him play, he's every bit of six foot eight. To me, I'm I'm saying he's six foot nine at this point. And he is as explosive and electric of an athlete, but he doesn't just impact the game with the size and athleticism this dude is very skilled and an advanced shot maker and everything was falling for him in the first half he was taking shots that uh, simply no other kid in the country I think should or could be taking and making at the same time you're showing his range his shot creation able to make space simply just shoot over the top of kids now one thing that I'm going to be monitoring uh, closely and it's something that I, I've pointed out before um, Ace has to do a better job of making the game easier on himself takes Dude, a lot of questions you're taking my questions <laughs> he, he takes a lot of home run shots now he can hit those but sustaining that is exactly uh, the the concern and what we saw on Friday first half he was explosive electric everything was falling but I looked over to the guy on my right and I was like this isn't going to sustain. Sure enough, he got tired. And the shots he was taking didn't fall in the second half. Finished with 24 in the first half, just seven in the second half. But also, he was impacting the game on defense. I don't want to just talk about 
the offense and the shot selection. He was bringing energy on defense. He was blocking shots, getting up and down the floor, jumping passing lanes. He was doing everything he could to stay in the game. And to his credit, Columbus is a phenomenal basketball team. Yeah. And he, I think it was only a two-point game at the half. Mm. Um, but then sure enough, again, he tires out, doesn't have the supporting cast around that uh, uh, Cameron Boozer does at Columbus. And sure enough, they're uh, able to pull away with the 27-point victory. Now, on the other hand, Cameron Boozer was just phenomenal from the start to finish. Um, just as dominant of a performance as I've seen from him. And, and I've seen a lot of them, but that was definitely up there with him. 40 points, 10 rebounds, just as efficient, as effective as he can. He Dominant, polished, inside, out game. And my biggest takeaway from him, we know how he can put the ball on the floor. We know how he can pass it. We know how he can finish at the rim. He's extending his range at the three. He is very consistent and very comfortable shooting uh, they had, if I remember correctly, they had an NBA line at, out on the court. He was comfortable shooting on, on from that line and making them and made it be, look very, very easy. Um, so continues to prove that to me, we talk about AJ advances as the number one. Some people talk about him being the top player in all high school basketball. We obviously have had this conversation with Cooper Flag and Cameron Boozer, obviously. I think Cameron Boozer is still right there with him for that top spot in the 2025 class. And he showed that this weekend, 40-point performance. Next day, he follows it up. They do lose to Wasatch, but he puts up another 26 points. I mean, it's all about when you see him, right? I mean, we've talked about this. If you watch him at Peach Jam, which a lot of the national media does, they only go to Peach Jam and they they make all these snap judgments based on what happens in that week. And Cam Boozer was not at his best. Um, I was on the record all of last high school season is saying, I thought Cam Boozer was the the best, you know, prospect and or certainly the best underclassman player in high school basketball because he looks incredible with that Columbus team as he did all of last year. Um, so I'm I'm I think a lot of it is contextual uh, in terms of where you see him. This is my question though, and, and you kind of alluded to it. When it comes to Ace, Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You tweeted out his highlights and um, you were you were gracious to credit the the videographer who filmed them. Um, but check out Travis's Twitter to, to see some of the highlights of Ace's game or that 24 point um, first half that we're, we're talking about. But the the sense of this has been my question. Learning to utilize his physical gifts in his athleticism to increase his shot creation and efficiency of it like he doesn't make the easy play there's never like catch one dribble to the rim you know what I mean it's never like okay this guy's running me off the line and I think tough shot making is one thing but before you get to that stage you got to figure out how to get the easy ones and that's that's my I'm not expecting you to have an answer for this I'm just kind of sharing my observation is like that's the thing that I would like to see is learning how to weaponize that athleticism a little bit um, to figure out how to get to the rim and, and get more easy points uh, without having it without having to be created by a point guard or a coach or something like that. 
Um, I, I agree. I'll, I'll respond to that real quick. I agree. He he definitely has to learn those things. I will say the highlights didn't show him attacking the rim, which he did. Okay. Just he was getting fouled, so it doesn't necessarily show up as much. He missed one near poster dunk in transition. Like he was getting, he was trying to get to the rim. Um, and getting just, to the free throw line counts. Like if those yes, are easy, points, well, that's, that's translatable. Yeah. And, and here's here's what I will say to this. And in his first half took me back to 2019. Uh, when I saw Anthony Edwards, and this is the perfect – to me, it's a really good comparison. Obviously, different type of players. But when you watched Anthony Edwards in high school, it was very similar. Freak talent. Absolutely absurd talent. And But he didn't make the game easy on himself. And right. also, one thing that Ant didn't have going for him, that Ace has going for him, was motor concerns. There was times you would watch Anthony Edwards play the game, and it was just like there was zero effort on defense, first mm-hmm. and foremost. And then there was times he just didn't assert himself on offense. But when that dude got going in this that 2019 night in D, at the D.C. Hoop Fest, had like two, three points in the first half, dude absolutely takes over and puts on a shot-making display. The best shot-making display I've seen since this week. Like, if you were to go yeah, back to 2019, Ace kind of matched that. Uh, and so, uh, to me, that's the, the those are very comparable players in terms of where they're at in the development process, freakish talents with an advanced scoring skill set that can make shots that just nobody else in the country can make, uh, especially with that shot creation. But they don't make the game easier on himself. Uh, Anthony Edwards uh, has panned out. Like, he has figured it out at this point. I think that is uh, very easy to say. Now, that's the question for Ace. Can he follow those footsteps, both Atlanta-area kids? uh, and, And so... To me, uh, I, I, it's hard for me to knock at this point um, because of what we saw Anthony Edwards do. And so uh, hopefully he aids Bailey, goes to Rutgers, and he does learn to make the game easier on himself. And I will say this, that also paints a, a positive picture for Ace and his future. He does have feel for the game. Like yeah. His shot selection is not good. But you know he has feel with his his vision and his passing. Yeah, passing. Uh, he really doesn't turn the ball over all that much, especially with the way he plays. And then when you see him share the basketball, see the floor, make skip passes over the top and into the corner, mm-hmm. that's that's an indication that uh, this kid has feel and IQ that you just have to continue tapping into and drawing out of. All right, guys, last question for each of you. A quick hitter, if you will. Give me the best underclassmen at – the each event you were at bossy i will start with you the best underclassmen at thanksgiving hoop fest in dallas well that's a tough one because there were a lot of good ones um i'm gonna go he wasn't necessarily the best but i think he has the most room for growth and i'm gonna go with kingston flemings out of san antonio brennan he's a six one pushing six foot two point guard we already have ranked in the top 75 nationally but i think he's got a chance to rise considerably now he's 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 slight of build but man, he made every right play. Mm. Every read out of the pick and roll was spot on. Every pass was right into the, you know, right into the shot pocket for his shooters. And what really, really stood out to me is he is an elite, and I mean elite stop and go guy when it comes to quickness and being able to change directions. And where that translates the most is on the defensive end. Playing against Link Academy and top five senior shooting guard, Trey Johnson, Flemings made life miserable on that guy. Johnson had a considerable size and strength advantage, 
and he just flat out could not get by Flemings when he was locked in. And that really, really stood out to me. You know, he's got Texas Tech and Houston are probably the two that have put the most work in early with them and are really working hard to try and get an early decision out of them. But now you've got Texas coming around. You've got Alabama in there. You know, Kansas was watching this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised to see them offer. He's a guy that I really think he's top 75 nationally already, top 10 in the always loaded state of Texas. But I think he could push to be the top prospect out of the state of Texas before it's all said and done in this class of 2025. I was admittedly uh, getting calls and texts about him this weekend. I didn't see the games, obviously, but um, uh, based on the way my phone was uh, going off with, with that kid's name, uh, that, that is uh, a very accurate assessment of, of what happened. Trav, who was the, the best underclassman or the most intriguing underclassman in Atlanta this weekend? I'm going with that kid, Alozi. We've seen him a lot uh, with yeah. the New York Renaissance on the Nike UYBL, Nike UYBL circuit. Um, but he was extremely impressive this weekend. He's never been a very good shooter, um, but he was making not broken, shots. Broken though, right? Like no, it's, it's, it's not like horrible. It is definitely not. And he was making shots from mid range, which was opt- which was a positive thing. Um, but what he does that separates him from everybody else. He's got this strong, physically developed frame already. He's a phenomenal athlete, very fast. It's the aggressiveness and toughness he plays with on the basketball court. It impacts both ends of the game. I'm just sitting there watching him, and he, he does things where it's like there's nothing you can really do to stop him in terms of he's going to come up with loose balls. He's going to come up with deflections. He's going to rebound the basketball. He's going to push the ball in transition. There's not really any answers you can have for him. He's just going to find a way to put his fingerprints all over the basketball game, and he's also a really good passer. Um, I, I think there, there's a lot of on-ball uh, playmaking ability with him. Um, he did score the basketball, but again, he got into the paint, got others involved. Um, and just really impacted the game at a very, very high level, especially for a sophomore. Hey, right, hey Travis. Yeah, yeah. Travis, I just wanted to add in on, on a Kendra real quick. I saw him in September out west at the uh, Pangost Froshoff camp. Um, I saw all those things too. You know, I don't know if this is a perfect co- comparison, but man, I get a real serious Marcus Smart vibe out of that kid with just how intense he is on both ends of the court. Now he's not necessarily a point guard, or shooter, but he finds ways to score and he finds ways to get others involved. And he is flat out going to lock up your best offensive player on the perimeter. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I like that. Uh, all right, guys. One player I want to shout out from the National Prep Showcase in New Haven, and those recaps have been up for the better part of the week because it was the weekend leading up to Thanksgiving. But I think London Jemison is the guy who is going to have a national ascent here in the coming months. He has reclassified. So now he's a 2025 at St. Thomas More in Connecticut. We're talking about every bit of 6'7", maybe 6'8", kind of this hybrid four-man transitioning into a big wing because he's got good hands. He's got good touch. He's really athletic. The shot is a work in progress, but it's making strides. And he makes plays at the rim. He makes plays off the bounce. He's he doesn't have any BS to him, which is what I like. So many of these kids, like they, they think they've already arrived and they're they're only on the first 10 steps of the first lap of the race. This kid just gets down. He plays. He plays hard. He keeps getting better. And he's got all the physical tools and enough versatility where you project him out because of the work ethic and because of the humility. And I thought he was every bit as impressive as some of the five-star prospects in that 2025 class. So he's Certainly someone that we're going to be keeping an eye on in the coming uh, months, especially as 
we go through the winter and the prep season, then obviously into the grassroots season. All right, that is it for this week's episode of College Basketball Recruiting Weekly. You can find us on the 24-7 Sports channel on Apple Podcasts. You can also find more detailed stories and breakdowns of everything we talked about here today in written form on 247sports.com. Be sure to check us out then. Until next week, we hope you have a great one.